Right now, we're going to talk about public office. It is tough these days to continue and convince people to run for public office. You can kind of see why, right? With the advent of social media, the amount of, you know, quote, feedback candidates and politicians get can become abusive pretty quickly. It's tough to really say anything these days without getting angry thoughts thrown at you. And it is exhausting. Now you can take that and then you can kind of multiply it if you're also a woman thinking about running for some kind of political office. And there are organizations and different you know groups out there that are trying to work on this, but the reports keep coming in about what kind of an impact these pressures have. We're going to talk about one of those reports this morning. Nadine Nakagawa is with us now, a counselor for the city of New Westminster and the co-founder of something called the Feminist Campaign School. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. What is the Feminist Campaign School? So the Feminist Campaign School was created because we recognize that local government tables, so city councils, mayor seats, are the least representative form of government. So um, in Canada, under 30% of uh, uh, elected office is held by women at the local government level, and this is much lower than provincial or federal levels. So the Campaign School was created to help underrepresented people run for local office. Um, and that means women, but it also means people who are gender minorities, people who are uh, racialized, indigenous, disabled, um, anything that, you know, where you haven't seen someone like yourself elected before. Okay, so how do you do that, though? How do you convince people to overcome those barriers? Well, a lot of people want to serve their communities. A lot of people um, are deeply doing work in their communities, um, but don't necessarily feel that they have access to to running for office. And there's big barriers in the campaign process that we help people plan for. Um, But the issue is then once they're elected, we also know that they face barriers there. And it feels you know, like a problem for for Trudy Golds and I, who created the Feminist Campaign School, that we want to ask people to step into these roles, then we're asking them to step into places that not only were not built by or for them, but are causing people harm. And that's what the report really reveals. Yeah, the report is called The Barriers Project. And what you found is that women and, and gender minorities elected to local government experience alarming, the report says, rates of bullying, harassment and abuse. There, there's some very, very challenging stuff in here. It's very scary stuff. You know, it is. And as a city councillor myself, some of it I expected to hear because I hear my colleagues, they'll call me up and say, hey, can I talk about something with you that I experienced? So this is sort of a well-known secret amongst city councillors. But, you know, and when we were looking at it, we wanted to talk about things like the fact that there's no parental leave. So if you're a person of a certain age who wants to have a family, you're not entitled to parental leave like people are in their jobs. So we expected to hear barriers like that. And that definitely came up. But what we also heard was really high rates of abuse and harassment by the public, yes, but often by people at their council tables as well, so their colleagues. And what is particularly problematic about that is that there is no one who's responsible for oversight there. So if you work in an office, let's say, and you're being sexually harassed by your colleague, you report that to your manager or to HR. In local government tables, there's no one who has responsibility for that. You might report that to the mayor. But the mayor might just say, tough luck, or they might be the one who's, who's harassing you. So there's really lack of oversight and accountability for people who are elected. So what your report found is that there's actually more harassment, like not just from constituents? 
there's a lot of harassment from constituents um, and a lot of, you know, gendered, racialized harassment, like the certain kinds of things that, that women experience, and also from colleagues, from staff. Um, it's just right across the board that when you, you step into these spaces, the expectation is that you have a thick skin. And you heard this a lot. you got to have a thick skin. And we don't want to encourage people to have a thick skin. We want to encourage safer places where you feel like you can actually step in and do the job that you've been elected to do. Because work is really important. You know, we know that local government's responsible for so many issues that matter. And we want and deserve better representation at these tables. And to have that, people need to be safe there. Okay, so what do we need to do then to fix this or to address this? There are a lot of recommendations in the report. Some of them are on local governments themselves. So bringing in things like parental leave. um, And there's accountability processes that local governments themselves can bring in. But also, we are really big on a provincial integrity and commissioner. We believe that it needs to be standard so that if you are in Smithers or if you're in Newminster, the reporting process would be the same. So if a woman comes to me who's newly elected and she, say, she says, hey, I'm being harassed by my colleagues, I could say to her, well, the process is that you report to the provincial integrity commissioner. Um, you know, but even things like pay and benefits, um, pensions. Um, having accommodation, if you have a disability, having standard uh, things that you have access to that make you able to do your work. There's a lot of recommendations in this report. We hope the province will take them up. We hope local governments will take them up. They're actually quite easy to bring in. Um, They're quite simple, and we believe it will make it safer. And But does it have to be municipality by municipality, or can it be addressed province-wide, do you think? Some of them are municipality by municipality, but a lot of them we believe should be standard. So the province, the Minister of Municipal Affairs, we're going to be having this conversation with her. We have been having this conversation with the provincial government about the things that they can do. Because, again, they, they're the ones who are in charge of local government. And so they can remedy the deficits because it shouldn't be on me to decide hey, should I be accountable for my actions? It needs to be the province saying, no, there needs to be accountability across the board. Now, one of the uh, four key calls to action listed here in the report says counteracting tokenism. How do you do that? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, First of all, there aren't really statistics kept about who is serving at local government. So we've just, uh, Civic Info BC, BC just started counting how many women are serving. There's no stats on gender minorities. There's no stats on things like race, age, um, caregiving responsibilities, disability. So we need to start to gather those statistics so we can see where the gaps are. Um, and that means that meaningful representation, uh, you know, it can't just be, oh, we have one, uh, one Indigenous woman, one Black woman. We need to have um, city councils that, that truly represent the community in terms of uh, demographics so that they can bring in issues that represent the community. It's about it's not just about like having people sitting in those seats. It's whether or not they're able to do the work in a meaningful way. Also, we just we could all, I think, learn to behave a little better, show a little respect towards each other, couldn't we? Sure. And, you know, asking the public at large uh, to behave better is, is, that, is a tough one. You know, that would be nice if we are kinder. Um, but what we really think is important is that when something goes wrong, as it inevitably will, but there's mechanisms to address that. So there's things like whistleblower processes, um, because it can't just be asking, you know, my city of 80,000 people to be nice to me. Um, it, there has to be things that I can do when, when they're not, when people, and, and people can disagree with us on issues. Like, let's be really clear. It's not about saying, I don't like your policy on X. It's saying, you know, uh, things that are, are racially or gender motivated, um, 
making comments with people's bodies, um, the way that they look, what they're wearing, that sort of thing that is mm-hmm. inappropriate. So, you know, people are not always going to respect that. And when that happens, there has to be ways that we can, we can um, you know, have accountability for that. Yeah, interesting discussion. Uh, thank you so much for your time on that this morning. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. That's Nadine Nakagawa, who's a counselor for the city of New Westminster and co-founder of the Feminist Campaign School. They have a report out called The Barriers Project, which looked at why uh, women and minorities are still so underrepresented at the local government level, not as a percentage of the population of the communities that they represent, but certainly at a lower, lower level. Why is that? Found a way in, simi at cknw.com.